22,000 Christians recently gathered together in India. The group made up of men, women, boys, girls, several denominations. For those few hours, distinctions were not central. They were peacefully protesting against their own persecution. The church in India has seen an increase in persecution from the hands of the government as well as their neighbors. There have been anti-conversion laws that have been passed. Churches are being declared guilty of illegally proselytizing. Mobs are kicking Christians out of their own villages. The government has turned a blind eye. And this led a group of Christians to organize a peaceful protest in order to encourage fellow believers who are facing persecution as well as to urge their government to stop this trajectory of destruction. Jesus promised that the world would treat the church as it treated him. Let's together pray that the Lord would preserve brothers and sisters in India. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're in a series this week called Darkness to Light. If I were to ask you about some dark moments in your life, I bet you could give me a handful starting from your early childhood, maybe, to your adulthood. And perhaps it was when a loved one died, like a parent or a grandparent, or maybe it was when you were bullied in school, or perhaps it was a battle with cancer or some other potentially life-threatening disease. But would you be surprised to hear that Jesus had dark moments in his life? What is simply unfathomable for us is that the Bible teaches that was the case. He was frequently misunderstood by his own disciples. He was rejected in his hometown. He was in constant disarray, battling religious leaders of the day. But the darkness intensifies in those final days leading up to his crucifixion. Why would he put himself through all this suffering and pain? Well, he did it for you and me. He went through darkness to bring salvation and light to the world. In the last few programs, we've talked about the trap, the betrayal, the arrest. But now I want us to talk about the trial of our Lord. There he was, in front of the Sanhedrin. The charge against him was blasphemy. Quite a change just days before when Jesus entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Well, here's how pastor and author Marty Mikowski explained it when I spoke with him. Well, Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. He weeps over Jerusalem, and he fulfills the prophecy uh, coming on a colt, on the foal of a donkey, as king into Jerusalem. The the crowd that Lazarus has just been uh, raised from the dead days earlier, they're Mm -hmm. excited. You know, they're hailing the king in fulfillment of the prophecy. The the Pharisees say, uh, correct, you know, correct your disciples. Tell them to stop. And and Mm -hmm. Jesus says, if they be silent, the rocks would cry out. But he is very aware of Mm -hmm. what he is going to. They don't realize many of the people there probably thought, Rome will be overthrown. The Messiah to restore the kingdom, the earthly kingdom of Israel has come. And Jesus knows that he's going to be led like a lamb to the slaughter and not open his mouth. He knows that unlike in past times when God called down his angels, no angels will come to his rescue, save one angel to wipe his brow in the midst of the garden. 
and he is going to the cross. And so in the midst of the celebration, we see uh, that Jesus is going to his death. And he knows that. That's Marty Mikowski. He's a pastor. He's also an author. And he'll join us again in a moment to share about the trial of Jesus and how all along Jesus knew where he was headed. But before we get to the light of the resurrection, we have to journey through those dark days of a trial and then the cross. After the program, I want to send you a special book that Marty has written to help you and those you love understand Easter more this year. It's called Darkest Night, Brightest Day, a family devotional for Easter. This upside-down book is filled with illustrations and helpful gospel thoughts. Start on one side with the darkest night. That's what leads you from Palm Sunday to the cross. But then you can flip it over upside down and discover the brightest day from the resurrection to Pentecost, and you'll be filled with the light of the gospel. I pray this book will start a new tradition in your life and maybe the lives of younger people around you as you seek to shine the light of the resurrection into the lives of others, but also have it shine in your life. And we can send it directly to a family or friends so that they can enjoy it this Easter season. But you need to get in touch with us today. Easter's going to be here in a few days. So get in touch with us right after the program and make your gift. Please err on the side of generosity. And we'll send you the darkest night, brightest day Easter devotional. Go to our website, look at the sample pages, and then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Or call us right after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And now, I'd like us to turn to some music to encourage us. Let's open with Matt Redman. Upon a hill, a perfect Savior, upon that day, the greatest love, the punishment that should have fallen on us, upon Shall come on. 
Listening to Haven Today, I'm Charles Morris. We're calling the program Darkness to Light. And that was Matt Redmond singing upon him. When we began our time together, we heard from pastor and author Marty Mikowski, and he was talking about Palm Sunday. And when I was chatting with him, I asked him to share more with us about the trial of Jesus. Well, his his own people, the Jews, arrest him. And he goes before the high priest where they they bring in false witnesses. The, the scriptures tell us their testimony didn't even agree. So there he is, uh, standing before those he came to save, the, the his very own people, and they have rejected him. It's been prophesied that... Uh, he would be rejected. But um, how difficult must that have been? The, the, the God who came as the champion leading uh, Joshua into the promised land, the commander of the, of the army of the Lord in his pre-incarnate state, the son of God comes down and says, be strong and courageous, is now rejected by the people whom He's brought the victory and is now going to bring an ultimate victory. So, yeah, it had to be horribly difficult. And then, of course, Pilate. Pilate actually tries to release Jesus. He says, I've found no guilt with this man. You know, uh, and the Jews inciting the crowd, crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate, of course, gives in and uh, delivers Jesus over to death. So there again, his own people calling for his demise. It it, it was a difficult time for Jesus. This is Haven Today, sobering thoughts from Pastor Marty Mikowski, who wrote The Darkest Night, The Brightest Day. If you recall from yesterday's program, Christ and his disciples were out late at night there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was praying. The disciples were sleeping. 
But that was only the beginning of their night. Have you ever had a late night when you wanted to sleep? You were really, really tired, but you just couldn't fall asleep. Well, I think maybe our Lord Jesus felt that way. Jesus, the Son of God, but he was also truly man. In his humanity, he could tire. And after hours of intense prayer, I'm sure he was wanting some rest. But he wouldn't get any, at least not for several hours, many hours, in fact. You see, as you read through the four Gospels, you realize that Jesus went not through one, but two separate trials. One just after midnight and another early in the morning. And when the first trial began, it was no longer Thursday. It had turned into Friday. Why did Jesus have to go through two trials? The Sanhedrin, the ruling body of Israel, presenting some sort of evidence to the Roman government if they wanted Jesus to be killed. The Sanhedrin was not at liberty to kill Jesus themselves, so they needed to provide a reason for Rome to step in. But as you can already tell, that trial was a farce. It was a kangaroo court, a trial held at night in a private setting in order to see if something would stick. And that first trial was a mess, as you might expect. Witnesses contradicting one another with what Jesus said and didn't say, people just standing up and blatantly lying about Jesus. This trial held by the Jewish leaders was completely filled with violations of the Ninth Commandment. You shall not bear false testimony against your neighbor. One commentator writes, the Sanhedrin knew what verdict they wanted, but they didn't know how to obtain that verdict or when they would obtain it. It was the height of injustice. So the first trial ended with the high priest of Israel asking Jesus if he is the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus responded in Matthew twenty-six sixty-four, you have said so. From now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One. What Jesus did was to affirm that he was the Messiah. And not only that, but that he would be the judge over all of the world. The Sanhedrin believed they were leading the trial. But in those words, Jesus told them that he was the judge over them. The high priest then charges him with blasphemy, and the kangaroo court gives their pronouncement, he is worthy of death. And what must be heartbreaking to hear For all of us, the court then begins to assault Jesus. They spit on him. They punch him in the face. They mockingly call him Messiah. And standing not too far away, Peter. You remember this. Hours before Peter was ready to fight to stop Jesus' arrest, that wasn't the right response for Peter to take. But now he did the very opposite. He ran away and simply watched the trial from afar. And when people noticed Peter and asked about his involvement with Jesus, you're a Galilean. He denied knowing Christ. He denied Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times, as Jesus was being falsely accused of wrongdoing. As Jesus was being beaten and mocked, Peter was denying him. Truly a dark night for our Lord. And as you read those passages or hear them read, you might tell yourself that, You would never do such a thing to your Lord. But if you're really honest, we're closer to Peter and the Sanhedrin than we think. We deny that Jesus is our Lord when we choose loving sin over loving Christ. We mock Jesus whenever we think we can live our secret lives that aren't pleasing to him. This trial happened 2,000 years ago. 
but our sin involves us in the unjust trial of Jesus and Peter's denial. We are not the heroes in this story. We're the ones in need of a hero, and the hero is Jesus Christ. He gets a few hours rest, maybe. A few hours pass, and then at daybreak, he is once again put on trial. Now that they have a charge that will stick against Jesus, they could make things official. Jewish law required formal trials to be conducted during the day. Jesus was charged with blasphemy and brought before Pilate, the Roman governor. And the charge? He was accused of opposing payment of taxes to Caesar and claiming to be Messiah, a king. There is the question of whether Jesus actually opposed paying taxes. He did not. But the Roman government had no tolerance for those who claimed to be a king because there's only one true king in their eyes, Caesar. Having opposing kings can bring instability to their powerful Roman Empire. This is an offense punishable by death. Pilate questions Jesus. And in the end, Pilate telling the people, I find no basis for a charge against this man. Now, Pilate was an interesting character, this Roman governor. And as you read through the Gospels, doesn't it seem like Pilate was so close to seeing Jesus for who he truly was? How many people do we know like Pilate? Well, I think we need to pray for those who we know, friends and family, asking the Lord to open their eyes this Easter so that they may not just see Jesus as an innocent man, but as the Savior of the world. The crowd wouldn't accept Pilate's statement that Jesus was not guilty. They were on the brink of a public riot, which would no doubt have ended Pilate's political career. Ever heard stories like that in our world today? Pilate eventually falls under the pressure of the Jewish religious leaders. He orders Jesus to be beaten, to be whipped, and to be prepared for crucifixion. And he did all that to a man he knew was innocent. But the scriptures testify to this, do they not? Remember the great prophet Isaiah? He prophesied of the servant of the Lord who would suffer in order to save us from our sins. Though this is a great injustice, the greatest injustice of all time, it would be used to bring salvation to the nations. Well, as we went through Jesus last night before his crucifixion, who do you see yourself as? Were you one of the mocking Jewish leaders? Were you Peter who denied his Lord three times? Perhaps Pilate, wrestling between doing the right thing or giving in to the crowd's demands. Wherever you are in this story of darkness, remember, Jesus went through this for you. The darkness in your life is not the end of the story. Just like the darkness of the cross is not the end of Jesus' story. There is a light, and it's getting brighter by the hour. The beauty of the darkest night is that God used the darkest night to bring the brightest day into our lives, the brightest day of the resurrection, when Jesus is crowned as the Messiah, the Son of Man, who finally defeated the darkness. The trial was a heavy moment, yes, but it led to victory. Do you remember Paul's famous words in Romans 8? All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. How do we know that that is true? Because even this trial was used for good, though it led to death on a cross. It ended with the resurrection 
and the ascension. The unjust trial of Jesus was used to bring salvation to sinners like you and me. Do you remember how Mary was grieving? How you wept and she fell at your feet? If it's true that you know what I'm feeling Could it be that you're weeping with me? Arise, O oh Lord, and save me There's nowhere else to go You're always good Always good well, Somehow this sorrow is shaping my heart like it should Resurrection Letters Prologue, Andrew Peterson, and all was good. I'm Charles Morris here on A Haven Today, and I'm grateful that we could be joined again by Marty Makowski outside Philadelphia, a pastor and an author. I've enjoyed talking with him about the darkest nights that Jesus faced, as well as the glorious light of Easter. And you will find the same gospel-centered enthusiasm as you read his book, It's a Little Hardback called Darkest Night, Brightest Day, a family devotional for Easter. Start a new Easter season tradition with your family, those you love, by reading this illustrated upside-down book. 
I believe this would make a great present in an Easter basket this year. Lene in Ohio thought the same thing, and she made a generous gift to the ministry and had us send it directly to her nieces and nephew with a note from Great Aunt Lene. Well, we can do the same for you. We've got the books in our warehouse. We can send them directly to somebody you love, ASAP, along with a note, if you desire. Darkest Night, Brightest Day is a book I'm sure will become a treasured tradition in your family, and you'll want to use it for many Easter's to come. And be reminded of what God did at that darkest night leading to the brightest day. So for your gift to the ministry, we'll get it out the door right away. You just need to come to our website right now. Take a look at the sample pages for the book, but make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or if it's easier, call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And as we have to go in a moment, let me remind you, the last two weeks we were talking about grace receiving God's grace, giving God's grace through Jesus Christ. So why not both? We still have the new hardback, Amazing Grace, The Life of John Newton, and the surprising story behind his song. We put up a sample chapter on our website. You can get the book there or call us for copies to receive and to give. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we're getting ready for Easter? In light of the great story, it's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The book of Hebrews tells us to run the race, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Easy to say, harder to do. We can't help but look down at our feet And just like a runner or a person plowing a field, when we look down, we get off course. We can also get exhausted, can't we? It's hard to continually run after Christ. Burnout is a real danger. I take heart from my favorite prophet, Isaiah. In chapter 40, he says, Even the youth grow weary. Even the most vigorous grow tired. But, but what? But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. I need new strength. How about you? Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.